Hi friends, we see you. We see you busy, we see you running across the quad. We see the non-existent rest in your calendar. We've been there. We felt the whiplash. We want nothing more than to offer your restless heart a refuge and want to invite you to our weekly break check. A reminder that we are called to encounter people placed in front of us deeply. Our heart for three miles per hour is to dive into the idea of community. More than that, to explore how to create and cultivate spaces for the belief that Jesus didn't want us to walk our trials and triumphs alone. Claire Wood is a junior at the University of Mobile pursuing a communications degree. The best word to describe Claire, in our opinion, is fierce. She has a fierce longing to put the Lord first, always. She is fiercely loyal and intentional with the people that she loves, even if that means loving them with the truth. Claire is big on kindness always because she wants to be that person that she once needed. Hey guys, welcome back to our second ever podcast. Um, today we actually have somebody else with us. We have Miss Claire Wood. Yeah! <laughs> Claire is literally one of the loves of my life. I love her so much. Um, she and I spent an extra week at camp this summer together because we were there uh, for prep week because she was on worship team and I was almost on media team. Um, <laughs> but Claire is just so sweet and just so down for whatever you need, whatever you need her to be, whether that be a friend, whether that be just teammate, whether that be your co-counselor that way, she was just out <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. And literally, why were we never co- we were never co-counselors this summer. So, Kim Chioka, if you're hearing this right now, fix this. Wait, this I don't summer. think I was either. No, <laughs> they never put me with y'all. Wait, either of us. Okay, well, <laughs> I feel targeted. It was a good co-counselor to other people. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Didn't have to be in the cabin with Claire to be counseled by Claire, that's for sure. Yes. Um, man, well, how's your day been? How's your semester been? How, who is Claire? Tell us all things. <laughs> it's been good. Busy. I feel like I'm always doing something, but good. Yeah. Okay. So as they mentioned, for those listening that have no clue who I am, I'm Claire Wood. I don't really think I'm that important. And I'm from the southeast corner of Alabama. The town is called Skipperville. Very if clear. you couldn't tell, she's from Alabama, everyone. <laughs> yeah, the accent never lies. Um, and I am a junior at the University of Mobile this year. And I'm a communications major. Well, um, I guess we can kind of just get started. Um, what um, has the Lord been teaching you recently? I think lately, for sure that sometimes my plans and the things that I think should be my plans don't always align with like the Lord's plan for my life, but his plans are always greater and for my good. And mm-hmm. the things that I sometimes think you know should have happened or I wish they would have happened the Lord continuously like reveals to me no Mm. you need to just wait like my plans are greater and I see that more and more every day that my plans are not always superior Mm. the Lord's are yeah I think that's so good and I think like that's one of the things that is just so humbling I know like I am a planner 
I feel like you are too, just from being around you. And um, I can have as much of my future planned out as I want and probably won't go the way I think. And <laughs> it's just the way it is and the way the Lord knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I'm very much the same. And like, I feel like honestly this semester, I've, I came into this semester honestly with no expectations and no like anticipating oh this is happening this semester because I feel like every fall semester like you come into college you're like football games and this is happening and I'm living with these people and all this stuff and you anticipate all these things to be happening and then I don't know like I guess this this spring semester I was like I don't know what to anticipate for like and I felt this like what like I don't know just like this anxiety feeling of like I don't have anything planned like what and which is so funny because that's how that's how things are supposed to be like sure we can have like an idea of like oh, I want to do this or I'm working for this or I would love to end up here but like the Lord like ultimately knows everything and so I feel like sometimes he laughs at laughs at us like you thought you were doing this <laughs> like you know and it's just funny um what is community to you Claire that's funny. I thought of it earlier to kind of prepare myself because I knew, I know what the mission of the podcast is. So I kind of had that in the back of my mind. But I think like simplest terms, and especially from like what I've seen in my own life, the true like biblical community is the people not only that celebrate you like on the mountains, but also like will go to battle with you in the trenches. Does that make sense? Like, they're not just the people that like show up when you do something good or are there like when you're doing well and you can do things for them, but they're also the people that like are there in the dark moments and like are willing to like, even if they just have to sit and listen to you, that's what they're there for. And like, that's something that I've had to learn through a lot of different experiences and circumstances, but true community are those that are there for both, not just convenience or the good things, but they're there through all of it. And they push you closer to the Lord in either situation. I just know that I've had a lot of different experiences in my life where I either like the people I had surrounded myself with were not very supportive in the really good moments, but also like, in the really, really tough times, they were more like, I don't know, they weren't supportive in those. So like they didn't try to understand or be supportive in the times that I really, really needed someone. They were more so just critical of those things, I guess you could say. And that's not true community. And now I know that. Yeah. What would you say was kind of the like turning moment for that to happen? Like, when you were walking in that feeling of like, okay, like really good things are happening or really bad things are happening. And I don't feel celebrated or supported in either. And then now being in a place of being like, no, like I like have these people that are with me in both of these scenarios. Like where did your shift in perception of community, when did that kind of change and how did it change? Yeah. Um, that's a good one. I think, it's important to know a lot of the background in order to know like how I answer that because I have had really good people in my life 
Yeah. Um, just the timing of things was kind of crazy. But mm-hmm. so growing up, I was obviously from a very small town. Nobody ever even knows where it is. And everyone there was really considered friends because that's what you do in a small town. But I had like a different childhood just because my parents were divorced and my relationship with one side of my family was not as great as the other. And so I had a lot of weight that I carried from a really young age, but I also was very, very like perfectionistic and I really wanted to like make the right decisions all the time. And in order to, I guess, like protect the balance of my own life, I guess, I didn't really let people in a lot. Like I wanted, I wanted perfect grades and I wanted to make perfect decisions. And I didn't want anybody to ever know that I struggled with any sort of weakness in any way, even though the weaknesses were things I literally couldn't control. Yeah. So I just kind of internalized everything. And a lot of the people surrounding me knew what was going on because we're from a small town and everybody knew what was happening in my family. But I did not share how I felt about that with anyone just because I didn't want anyone to feel sorry for me or anyone to like have to deal with that. I always thought of it as more of like a burden than something that they could help me through. And so in that... I was very, I had a lot of so-called like friends, but there were not really many that knew truly like what I was dealing with and how I felt in that moment. And so when I came to college, my freshman year, I, um, I came really seeking those kinds of friendships. Like I wanted like the classic, like Instagram best friend that was with you all the time and knew everything about you and all of that. And so it almost became like an idol searching for that. Now, And I can look back on that now and see that because I had known the Lord my entire life and I had a relationship with the Lord my whole life and I had community at church, but it was always clouded by like, I have to be good enough and I have to earn the Lord's love just like I earn everybody else's. And no one in my life had really ever, besides like my mom, and my stepdad and like that side of my family had really stayed and been consistent. And so when I moved to college, I was like, okay, I want friends. And I'd prayed and prayed and prayed for good friends. Mm-hmm. And then I got here and I had found that, but instead of praying and saying like, okay, God, are these the friends you want me with? I was like, okay, thanks. I'm here. I don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of rebelled. And my freshman year was coming out of a season of a lot of loss and a lot of like grief from a lot of really like close deaths in my family, including like my dad passing away. And so it was a lot of emotions that I had not processed. And so I just clung to people. Um, and I had found these really two great friends and they're great people. And I really do like love and care about them so much still, but there were so many things looking back in my own life that I had not healed from or processed that didn't allow me to be as present of a friend as I should have been. Um, I was very anxious, very preoccupied. And because of the way my life had played out, I was not at all a trusting person. I was not, I was always waiting to be left or waiting to be 
told like they didn't want me. Mm-hmm. So I was constantly on edge and that's not like a fun friend to be around. Yeah. But, also, <laughs> yeah. but also they had a lot of stuff going on as well. And we just, especially I can speak for myself in saying I was not pursuing the Lord at mm-hmm. all really during that time because I was so preoccupied with wanting to please them mm-hmm. that I didn't even really care to be honest at what the Lord had to say about it, especially because I was angry and rebelling because of circumstances. But all that to say my fresh, the end of my freshman year, those friendships ended right around the beginning of spring semester. And I had put all of my life basically into those friendships and because I chose to do that, I was very alone when it ended, like when we stopped being friends and it wasn't like this bad, awful thing, but I was alone and I was on this campus. It's actually very small, but had no other friends. And so I distanced from my family and I was in like the lowest mental place I've ever been in in my entire life. And it was in that moment that I was alone and I was isolated and I really like, this is really dark, but I really truly like thought that I, there was no reason for me to like exist or be Mm. anymore, but I had just experienced so much loss family wise. And I had felt the pain of grief so much lately that I didn't want I didn't want to put anybody else through that kind of pain. So I never really, you know, acted on those thoughts or feelings, but it was in those moments where I literally was kind of stuck by myself. And I remember my mom had like really normalized counseling from a young age for me. So I called her and I was like, Hey, so I'm doing awful. And I really, really should probably see someone. And so I did. And a big moment that changed a lot for me, just in general, was I was seeing a lady through a church in Mobile, and she told me, she was like, Claire, you do not, she said, you've been saved, and like, you have salvation, but you do not understand what grace is. Mm. And you've like, you've equated God's grace with the grace of people, and that will fail you every time. Yeah. And so she was like, you need to go home and like, read your Bible until you figure out what grace is Mm -hmm. and until you can grasp it for yourself. Because like, we obviously can't always like grasp like the magnitude of the Lord's grace, but Mm -hmm. I was thinking it was something that I was not deserving of and that I had to earn it, even though like that's literally not what the Bible says. So ironically I went home and there was, I was literally like, in my dorm by myself. I don't know why I did this, but I like got on my YouTube and there was like, we always, we all have those moments though. What was I doing? You know, (laughs) I'm sitting there and I had picked food up and I was sitting in my room by myself Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, I might just like watch a sermon. Don't know why I haven't done this in like (laughs) what a year, I guess I'll look. And so I did. And there it was at the top of my watch later list was all of Mike Todd's Mm. like a flood series every single part was saved Mm. and I had never even clicked on them 
Wait, wow. I did not know this part. That's crazy. Yeah. And so I clicked on the first one. I was like, all right. I guess this is not coincidence. So I watched the first one. And I just remember sitting there and, and I just like wept. Yeah. Like a baby. From the first word he said, I was like writing notes and crying <laughs> at the same time. And I remember after it was over, I just sat there and I just was like, Lord, I am so sorry that I ever doubted your love for me and the grace that you showed me and compared it with people because that's not the truth. And I like, I don't like to use the term like rededicated, Mm -hmm. I guess, but it, it was like, I had been saved my entire life. I would not have survived everything that I had done like and gone through throughout my life without the Lord. But it was almost like an awakening of what it truly meant. Like I was saved and I knew that, but I still wasn't even giving myself enough grace to walk freely in that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, that ironically happened right before COVID. So I went home and I spent like months to a year in really extensive counseling, like processing everything, because I told myself, I said, okay, I'm in this really good spot with the Lord and I'm not going to let all this junk hold me back anymore. Yeah. From like what the Lord has for me. So in that time of like processing is when I prayerfully applied to camp Mm -hmm. and thought, all right, God, I literally said this. I was like, I'm so unqualified and I am not (laughs) probably going to get hired, but I'll just do it anyways. And, I was like, <laughs> yep. and then two weeks later, John Luke was like, Hey, you can come. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll be there. <laughs> Not knowing a single person. That's yeah. how we said it too. Hey. <laughs> and so by that point, like I had really good friends here um, that had come alongside me in the whole processing part. And they had really shown me what it was like to walk with somebody through the trenches because no matter how many times I like screwed up or how many times I like got back into this weirdly emotional place, they stayed and were consistent. But then I went to camp and I met like 60 something strangers, (laughs) (laughs) literally. And the diff that made a lot of difference too, because I remember I went there with no expectations and I also went thinking that I was never going to share any of my story with any of these people Mm. because I was ashamed of it and I was scared of it and I was, I didn't want to be judged. And I ended up, everybody (laughs) kind of knows my story and my testimony, but at camp, the Lord taught me for one that, my story and I think a big reason and why I went through so many crazy things, especially in a row was because the Lord wanted to use every part of that, not for myself, but to like show others that there is hope even in like really, really dark moments. And so I related to literally almost every camper I had in different ways, just because of how versatile my testimony is but also every person that I told like on staff or every person that I became very close friends with that knows literally everything 
never once like judged me. They never once like condemned me or asked me like weird questions. Everybody was just very supportive and also like celebrated where I was now and Mm. didn't try to like put me back where I had been. Mm. And so camp taught me long story short after going through all of that, the Lord showed me for one that I do need people that will go with like go through the trenches with me, but also not make me feel as though I'm a burden in those things because we're called to bear one another's burdens. But also he taught me that the intentionality that I learned at camp and the vulnerability that I showed at camp wasn't something that needed to stay in that place, but also yeah. brought here. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think something you said um, about, just the power of like walking in like I know I also walked in I was like okay yeah I'm never thought I was gonna verbalize these things to other people much less 60 strangers that I just met um but there's such a power to it with for yourself and for the person that you're telling like I know there was so much redemption like speaking out loud to another person and then being like it's okay we're all fallen praying for you and then finally get to move on from that and also sharing your testimony with someone who unexpectedly has a relation to your testimony and then getting to discuss that and having somebody who truly understands that and is able to pray for you and able to know you in that way is just so powerful and I think um something that Claire said was so good that was like snaps it doesn't have to stay there and it shouldn't and that intentionality is something that should be carried to every single person you encounter yeah, I love that. And I was making some notes while you were talking. And one thing that I really love that you said towards the end was friends, friends should celebrate where you are now, not where you, not put you back where you were. And I think a lot of times we're, the enemy wants us to feel like, you know, like, oh, I, and you said this too, you felt like you couldn't put your burdens anywhere. Like, you're like, oh, I don't want to give this to this, all this baggage to the people I'm around. I'm never going to make friends. Or like, they're not going to like be here for the long haul. And the enemy wants you to have this lateral or even just like downcast view of like the world. But really like, where are we told to cast our burdens to? Like to pass them on to Jesus because he wants them. And he's the only one that can take them. And I don't know, I feel like obviously the enemy wants us to feel like we are alone and like, but with the power of our testimony, we realize, wait, you struggle with that too. And like, look at the hope that you are offering me because of how Christ has walked you through, you know, the trenches and now you're on a mountaintop and I want, I'm in the trench. And now I know like, dang, like because of God's faithfulness in your life, like that could happen for me too. And I just, yeah, I really liked how you said like, people should celebrate you where you are now and not put you back where you were because that is what like redemption is reclaiming the past and propelling you forward and allowing you to step into like new identity and or like the the identity that Christ has on you and anyway that was just really good I really liked that Claire in that too like it's definitely something that I had to learn because when you go through obviously like Friendships can sometimes come in seasons and cycles, and I've been through some of those, but especially my freshman year when I was in a very, very dark place and, like, looking back on it now, I think something that I also had to learn in all of that community-wise was 
it was very, very easy for me. Well, I would say easy, but it was once I learned like the grace of the Lord in my own life, it was very easy for me to look at anything in my, my past friendships that had not worked out and been like, I can forgive them because I understand. Um, and so nothing about how I loved and cared about the people that had been in my life changed mm-hmm. at all. And I was not sitting there like trashing them or thinking about how things had changed or how we weren't as close anymore. But it was more so I was like fine with them, but I was beating myself up about anything and everything that I had done wrong or anything and everything that I could have done better. And something that I had to learn was that it's very, very easy sometimes to forgive other people, but harder to forgive ourselves. And it takes like both to experience healing because you can ask for forgiveness all day long from other people, but and they can say like, I forgive you. It's fine. And you can extend that forgiveness to them. But then when you still like harbor the unforgiveness for yourself and your own actions in your heart, that like, you're not free from anything. Yeah. And so all of like that going together in order to be like who you are right now, you have to be able to forgive yourself from the past too, because the other people can all day long. And that's helpful. Like it's important to ask for that forgiveness. Um, But at the same time, you have to like look in the mirror and be able to forgive yourself in order to celebrate yourself where you are right now. That's good. Instead of letting like the enemy be like, Oh, well, a year ago on this day, look at what you did. Because Jesus doesn't do that to us, so we shouldn't do it to ourselves either. And it's a tangent, but on that note, holding those things in our hearts, like keeping the unforgiveness towards ourselves also hinders us from making reliable community because if we have this laundry list of all this stuff we're mad at ourselves for doing, even though the other people have forgiven us, even though the Lord has forgiven us and we're just sitting in this bitterness. And in my case, it was like anxiety and depression about not being X, Y, and Z. We're not making, we're not going out and making more community and we're not being vulnerable because we're beating ourselves up too much. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Something that uh, Natalie said, well, technically Shelby said it, but something that Natalie said last episode, um, she said vulnerability breeds community. And I think like um, once we open up to people about that, like the things that we can't forgive ourselves for, like that is when healing happens. But I was gonna ask you Claire, what um, is your biggest piece of advice for someone who's struggling to forgive themselves? I think for me, it's been a, a while of like speaking over myself because I do beat myself up and I'm, a, I'm still, I still struggle with being a perfectionist, even though I try not to, but I really had to just like literally just read over and over and over again, what the Lord says about me and also remind myself over and over and over again that I'm already forgiven um, and remind myself that I've done all I can do to like accept for or extend forgiveness to people that have hurt me, but also ask for forgiveness and like self-evaluate. And when I've gotten to that point, there's literally nothing else I can do. 
And so I have to remind myself often, and it's very easier. It's a lot easier said than done that I have to remind myself of who God says I am first, but also remind myself of the fact that nothing that I've done or anything that I've been like disappointed in myself about or how I feel about myself can take precedence over what God says Mm -hmm. about me and his redemption in my life. Because it's not by my power. I didn't say like, all right, I'm going to pull myself out because I, I didn't. And ultimately sitting in that place, if you think about it truly Mm -hmm. is like nothing but hindering yourself from the plan God has for you. Mm -hmm. And why would you come this far to just stay stagnant and to just stay in that place? Because that's not what the Lord has for us. His plans are like to prosper us and give us hope. And if we stay stuck in the things that the devil tries to feed us about ourselves, then we're not walking in that purpose that he has. So I guess like my best advice is to literally bathe in scripture. (laughs) Um, Like, cause I mean, I'll be honest, like some days I look in the mirror and I'm not going to speak life giving things over myself. So I have to let the Lord do it. And so memorize those things and know those things, first of all. And then community is important, like who you surround yourself with. Because if you surround yourself with people, like I said earlier, that aren't celebrating where you are right now, but are constantly reminding you of your past, then you're not going to move forward. Yeah. So clothe yourself in scripture and who the Lord says you are. Even if you don't believe it, say it until you do. And then surround yourself with people that aren't going to pull you backwards or remind you of where you came from, but celebrate where you are right now and where you're going. Yeah. Um, You mentioned this kind of towards the beginning, but I think also like you had said, or like when you were talking about the friends that you first made at the beginning of your freshman year and how you, you were just kind of like, all right, these are the people. And you didn't really ask like, God, is this what you have for me? You were just kind of like, yeah, this will work and like move on. And obviously like that led to just like a whole journey, you know, and, um, which the Lord obviously used that and knew all that before it all happened. But, um, I think another, that, you know, part that it plays into is like asking like, Lord, does it, is this what you have for me? You know? And when we clothe ourselves with truth, like that will then be revealed as like, is what the Lord is that he has plans that will prosper you, you know, like when we ask, like, what do you have for me? The only thing that God can respond with is truth because he is truth. And so that is like, again, like where our eyes are open to and hopefully where we're able to like really turn to community and have people there to help us seek that out, you know, and, um, kind of like move forward in that, um, just like in that thriving and stuff which is really cool, but also really hard and like something to like be intentional with every day, like with our mindset and everything. But yeah. On that too, like I will say everything like in my life that has happened so far, for one, I still do not understand it all. The Lord did not just like, I didn't have like this revelation of the Lord, like printing me out a list of this is why all of this happened to you. Um, I see the fruit of what I've had to walk through and how I can provide hope for others 
and give advice, but I don't have this like long explanation of why everything happened. But I do know that all of it, like every single bit, like the good days, the bad days, every friend I've ever had, any experience I've ever had has shaped me into who I am. And without any of those things, I wouldn't be the person that I am. And so when it came to the season of a lot of uncertainty, um, I think that it's important to remember too, that like if certain communities not in your life forever, or if certain things happen and we don't understand why it's not anything necessarily like against the situation or the people it's literally life and like God doesn't promise that things will be easy and he doesn't promise that like things are going to be perfect or like we're going to react perfectly in situations but he he does promise to use everything for our good even if Mm. it's not necessarily what we would say oh this right here this is good no because sometimes it just doesn't look very good yeah like but he will use it for our good, even yeah. when we literally have no clue how. Yeah. That's why he is sovereign and we are not. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell me about um, how it's been being able to turn around and um, use what you've been through uh, as your own platform with what you do? In that I'm able to like come back here and I was able to compete in Miss University of Mobile, which is like, a Miss America prelim. It goes to Miss Alabama in the summertime. And for that, you have to have like a social impact initiative. So it's like something that you advocate for. And after camp and just after the season I had walked through, I decided to change mine that I had used before to a platform based on like mental health awareness for people that are like our age, like college students, teenagers in high school and like kids because I know the need for it and my entire life has been like a battle with some of those things and so I used it mainly to spread awareness for counseling because my family has like really really normalized that for me and I didn't feel ashamed about having to go and a lot of kids don't ever get that opportunity or they never they're never allowed to really talk about it. And I think that that's why suicide rates go up. That's why Mm -hmm. things happen and we don't have any way to prevent them is because like students don't know a way out. But thankfully my parents had normalized it from like the second grade. And I was able to, um, I was able to use those things for that pageant, but also I got to partner with the nonprofit that I got counseling from, from like the second grade until literally recently. And so any like fundraising efforts go straight to them. So the Lord's really like turned it around. I'd say (laughs) that I can talk about it so, so freely, but also I know that he's put this desire in my heart to advocate for those who may not get that option. Um, and I aren't really as educated on it because schools don't talk about it. Parents don't talk about it sometimes. And so I want to be able to use like everything that's happened in my life as a vessel to like better the lives of other people. And so I've been able to use that a lot here lately. 
have you seen um as that's become kind of a passion and um kind of driving force in your life have you seen a difference in how you interact with the community that like since you've gone back to like after camp going back to your college campus and everything have you seen a difference in the people that you're around and like just how your relationships have gotten deeper and like because now you have this like like oh man I want to change this so I want to like be a part of this and like if you know what I'm yeah. um when it comes to like the mental health thing I think the biggest way that that and like that whole part of my story impacts the way that I see people is like no matter the person no matter how I know them like if I know them super super well or if I hardly know them at all I can say that either for example like if you're in a situation and somebody like catches an attitude or something that may not be ideal in the moment or if you have a friend that's just acting different that day I always now that I've walked through what I have I've always thought like my pastor from home says you always need to speak a kind word to the person that you're standing next to because you really truly never know what people are going through Mm -hmm. and I live by that more so now than ever because I have been that person that everybody said their life was perfect and it was the furthest thing from perfect nobody just knew behind the scenes and so when it comes to my relationships here no matter who the person is or what kind of background we have I always try to look at them through a lens of like okay they might be going through something that I can't see and I'm not going to treat them any differently no matter what just because I needed someone to be there for me and in that moment it thankfully was the Lord but if they also need a friend to like walk alongside them I can do that but that being said too I think in general the way that I like approach friendship now is that I I want to be the kind of friend to them that I needed for myself and the thing that I say about community is on the mountaintops in the good times and in the bad I want to be that kind of friend to everybody that I have a relationship with since coming back from camp my conversations have changed and I've made a lot more of an effort to like branch out to more people just because you really truly do never know someone's story until you ask that's good yeah Yeah, and I think that's like um a vital role in like living in community in, in three miles per hour like part of that is like taking the time and being like have I even asked you how your family is or like like what is going on in your heart this week like how like literally taking time to even think of like oh my gosh when was the last time I asked you like what your biggest struggle was or like when was the last time I asked you like hey like how's school going and like how are you feeling about like future stuff because I know that was really overwhelming you know like because I feel like so often we either assume like oh they're fine or like oh I'll, I'll like ask them at some point and then you just forget you know and I'm so bad at that I'll be the first first person to admit that um but yeah I think that's good just like really like being intentional of like I like want to like sit down with you and like hear out like what is going on like inside of you because that is valuable I think it's funny that we're like at this point because 
um, two conversations and it's funny because it was one I had with Bridget and one I had with you oh. <laughs> <laughs> that are from camp that I like think about often is that for one, barely knew either one of you and <laughs> story time Bridget <laughs> and I were there as she said, like a week early and we start, I don't even know how this happened. We were sitting on a swing one night. And we started talking to each other. And the more and more that stuff started, we just started asking questions. The more and more we were like, we related on so many things and I had no idea. Yeah. And then another time with Natalie <laughs> was that we, like I knew of Natalie, we'd been there for a couple of weeks, but I literally had not gotten to know her at all, but I really wanted to. <laughs> and I was honestly kind of nervous, but I was like, Hey, we should talk. <laughs> Why were you and nervous? I don't know because we just hadn't talked. No, oh, you're so like, weird. be quiet. I am not a cool girl. I was like, Natalie's gonna think I'm so weird for like sitting her down at this picnic table to talk to her, but I did, and we sat at this picnic table, and I literally found out everything I needed to know about you, and the same about me. Like we joke about it all the time, but yeah. it was. For example, like y'all are two people that I barely knew and those conversations stand out to me mm. because sometimes it can be like nerve wracking or you think that people will see you as weird for reaching out to people that you barely know. Yeah. But then like y'all are two of my best friends now mm. and I talk to y'all so often that it's like crazy that we've only known each other since last yeah. summer yeah. and we can do that like every single day yeah. with people. Like if there's a person at your school that you're in class with, or you just see around, or you kind of know who they are, but not really, yeah. and you want to get to know them, then just ask. Yeah. And like another thing, I know we're going kind of long, but literally like the enemy wants us to make it, like wants us to think that's so weird. Like it, he wants us to make, like, sorry, words. He wants us to think it's so weird for us to be like, oh my gosh, hey, like, I see you around all the time, and I don't know your name, like, that's me, you know, or, like, asking someone, like, will you go to church with me, like, do you have any plans on Sunday, like, I feel like those are not weird things, and the enemy tries so hard to be, like, you're gonna be, what are, they're gonna, like, think you're weird, or, like, they're gonna say no, and it's gonna be awkward and embarrassing, and, like, how prideful are we to, like, not want to endure maybe a three-minute awkward conversation that like the worst thing is they say no or the worst thing is it's awkward and like if we're looking at oh I can offer you the love of Christ over a th three minute awkward conversation like obviously we'd want to choose to like offer Jesus to someone you know and I just hate how like the enemy so often is like no that's weird be quiet don't say anything just look away like walk past and like so the opposite of community you know yeah. Intentionality shouldn't be weird. Yeah. One of the things that um, I walked into camp trying to live out and even more so, it's harder obviously now. Um, one of the things that I walked into camp trying to live out and one of the things that's so hard for me, not hard, but harder to live out in the real world, although camp is a real world, same thing, you know what I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> is um, what if you weren't afraid anymore? how much easier would you your life be if you weren't afraid anymore to just walk up to a person or just to be intentional and why shouldn't you 
like it's so easy like you said for the enemy to distract us the enemy knows that we can't be destroyed anymore because we know christ he's just going to try to discourage and distract us and part of that is the fear of talking to other people that we don't know because and maybe they're meant to encounter us and that's the plan of discouragement um but yeah i think intentionality speaking on the intentionality part is just there's no reason for us to be afraid you know yeah. And sorry, this I just like am getting fired up about this now because it's like literally like we wake up every day, like a day, like days go by, time go, goes by. And if you have been like sealed with Jesus, if you've like accepted him in your heart and believe and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, your eternity doesn't change no matter what awkward encounter you have with someone on campus or not. Like, yeah. I feel like we forget that and it's like what like you're saying Bridget like why are we afraid like who shall we fear because God is on our side and like it if the end goal is eternity with have in heaven with Christ and like the bridegroom and the bride then like that's the end goal no yeah. you know what I mean like so any other like alternative alternative motive that the enemy tries to like use like to discourage our spirit and like grow the body of believers like that it I don't know like I that shouldn't be the same level as eternity with Christ you know what I mean like that's already been sealed that's already done he has the victory like so why not go and make disciples and like preach to all the nations so yeah Yeah. I think to like with that I've seen myself, it's so weird, and I'm not trying to be like, oh my gosh, look what I did, because no, but ever since camp and like learning to not be afraid of those things, I have like seen myself being like, hey, when can you go to dinner, Mm -hmm. or like seeing something on Instagram from somebody that I literally have no idea who they are at all. Mm. and I just follow them don't know why and I'm like I, I see their story and I'm like oh my gosh I'm encouraged by that so I just say something don't even know these people and that's how we should be yeah so advice to all the people if you want to send a message send the message if you want to say hi say yeah. hi <laughs> if you want to go eat dinner go eat dinner yep and if you can't do dinner, you can go get coffee or your drink of, like, whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't drink coffee, so. <laughs> Pink drink for me, but. Pink drink for me. In the words of Shelby Jenkins, the Lord does not stir things up on accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're thinking about someone and if you're thinking about doing something, you're, like, right on the edge of it, it's for a reason. And I yeah. think that we're meant to follow through. Yeah. That's good. Look at all of us quoting Shelby. I know, yeah, we need to get her. Well, so, she'll be on, she'll be on. Claire, it was so great to have you on. I know that I have missed you so much, and I know that um, what we've talked about is going to be important to so many people. Um, do you want to pray us out? I will. Okay, so wherever you are, just bow your head. Um, dear Lord, I thank you for um, this conversation, God, and I thank you for Natalie and Bridget and their friendship and for them allowing me to come on their podcast and speak. Lord, I've never done anything like this, so I thank you for any words that came out of my mouth because they're from you. Um, Lord, I ask that through anything that any of us have said, God, that it would bless whoever's listening. 
that they would just be encouraged to explore community in wherever they are and in whatever season that they're in. And God, I just ask that no matter who is listening, I don't know what they're going through, but I ask that you would teach them who you say that they are, no matter where they are, what they're doing, God, that you love them. Um, And I just ask that also, if they're in the darkness, like I have been in before, God, I just ask that you would give them a peace that surpasses all understanding and that you would remind them of the truth and that you are greater than any anxiety. You are greater than any depression, God. And that while it may not go away overnight, that there is a hope that can be found in you. God, I thank you for my story. And I thank you for all the things that you have taught me through it, God. And I just ask that you would just continue to bless this podcast and this ministry and help it continue to grow and reach people in your name. And in your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. I guess we'll see y'all next time. Uh, keep following, keep listening. We're dropping stuff left and right. Um, updates coming soon. Bye, y'all. See ya.